Good morning. I want to welcome everyone here. Visitors, you are our honored guests. We thank you so much. Elders, thank you so much for allowing me this opportunity. It gives me the chance to stretch my wings a little and, and try this thing, even though I've probably had two heart attacks and one stroke. You guys are intimidating. To those who don't know, I'm not Tony Cloud. I get confused with him a lot. Uh, there's two big different characteristics that he and I uh, have that are, that are off. The first one is, he's better looking. The second one in is the color of our hair. Mine's visible. So, thank you. Okay, topic this morning is how are we invested I had originally wrote in, written this as how are you, and I went, this lesson's for you too, Russ. So how are we invested? I could make this a topic on 401ks, stocks, muni bonds, your stock portfolio is diversified, but that's not what we're talking about. How are we invested in the church? Matthew 25, 14 through 30, it's a well-known story that is about talents, the master gives talents to his servants and what they do with those talents. In that story, those talents are money, currency. That's not what I'm talking about. What are our talents? What are our abilities that we have to use for God's glory? So, what do we do? How are we good at things? What can we do to benefit God? So, do you ask yourself... What, what are my talents? What are your talents? Some say they have no useful gift. I have nothing to offer. Well, that's not true. You don't know what it is, maybe, but you, don't, you do have something to offer. Everybody in this room can be used for God's benefit. That is the truth. Okay. My talent, number one talent that I have, is I marry well. And you know how opposites attract? My wife doesn't marry well. So it works out nicely. We're, we're made for each other. One of the talents that I know I do have that I was able to say is a talent, we'll, we won't get too cocky over it, but Gary Eller came up to me when I was starting grad school and said, hey, would you like to teach the high school class? And I said, what did I do wrong? Those guys are intimidating. They're smarter than me. All of them. That was the best decision I've ever made, just because they wanted to have me teach. They wanted to learn. I wanted to learn from them. It was one of the best decisions I've ever made in my life. It's easy to be comfortable. It's easy to do what you know. Nobody likes change. But you have talents, you have abilities. If you don't try something new, you'll never know what you can or can't do. That's just a given. You all know that. I know that. Once you try something, oh, how many people weren't able to jump off the high dive? Some maybe we still can't. I made my dad tread water for an hour, I felt like, before I jumped off that thing finally. But after, after the first time, I didn't die. Yeah, I can do this. And he's like, well, I'm going to go over here and die because I'm tired. Tried something new. It was fantastic. 
expand our horizons, challenge ourselves just a little bit. A little discomfort to discover a new talent for God is never a bad thing. This is a story that Dale Jenkins, our speaker that we had for the men's retreat, shared with us. I think it reinforces my, my point. A preacher from Alabama had a tent meeting for 10 days. A young 15-year-old came whose name was Ophelius, and the preacher had asked him to lead a song if he would do so. He did, and he did an excellent job. The preacher gave him a few more songs that evening and said, Hey, would you mind coming back tomorrow and leading these songs? He did so and did a fantastic job leading singing. He asked him again and he said, Please come back for the rest of the meeting and sing the songs for us. It would be just fantastic. I'd really appreciate that. Ten days he was there every day, sang the songs, did a beautiful job. And after ten days, that 15-year-old was the only one to respond to the message and was baptized. That Ophelius, who led the singing, 15 years old, went on to baptize 10,000 people. The preacher went and he reaped one stalk of grain. That's it. God was happy with that one stalk. The one stalk went and gleaned 10,000. Both of them used their talents that day. Which one was more important? Both were important. We use our talents to the best of our ability. God will worry about the details. That's the thing that I've always had a misunderstanding. I have to do great things. Big deal. I, I am the, I, you know, if I don't make this uh, a major ordeal, then it wasn't for God's glory. And God's like, how about you let me drive? I'll handle this. You do what I need you to do. I'll worry about the result. It's hard to forget that. It's easy to forget that. It's hard to remember that. God's in charge. He gave you the talent. He gave you the ability and he's just asking you to use it. I'll worry about the end result. So, I've scoured the Bible, and luckily with the internet it's easier to do, but I've scoured the Bible looking for the book, chapter, and verse that says, we do not have to use our, insert talent here, if someone else has that same talent and they're better than you. I haven't, looked for that. I haven't seen that. If anyone knows what that is, see me later. I'm looking for that one. We don't get ranked by God. He doesn't say, so-and-so's a better singer, so-and-so's a better preacher, so-and-so's a better this or that. When God needs you, that's when he needs you, and he needs you at that time. In 1 Corinthians 1, 12-15, Paul, who did amazing things for the church, wrote most of the New Testament, kind of a big deal. I wouldn't want to be compared to Paul. But Paul said, you guys are all arguing about who was baptized by the better person. And he goes, none of us are the better person. He goes, I may have baptized you. I can't even remember who some of you are. That's not the point. I baptized you into Christ. That's the end result. That I was there in the water with you holds no weight. Zero. That you were in the water is the weight. 
and you did it for Christ. Being really good at something, that's nice. I like to have the ability. If I was, I don't know what I'm good at besides being marrying people, but if you have an extreme talent, that's nice. That can also be a crutch. Paul was really smart. Paul was really intense. He was well-educated. He was an up-and-comer. They liked him in the Sanhedrin. He was a prominent Jew. But his talent went against God. God showed him what he's doing was wrong, how it's not helping, what it's not good. And after doing so, he used his talents for God instead of to God and did amazing things. God used him for his benefit as opposed to have him as an enemy. Somebody else who had talent, if you can't think of one, I sure can, King Solomon. Man, that guy had talent. We can say that we, you know, someone say, oh, they're really good at playing the guitar. They have God-given talent to do that. Solomon's God-given talent was given by God. It said, to Solomon, from God, on the tag. He gave it to him. I was so proud of what you didn't ask for that I'm going to give that to you as well, as opposed to the wisdom you did ask for. This man had all of it, everything. Wisdom, intelligence. He was smart, smartest man in the room. There's a difference between wisdom and intelligence, by the way. Intelligence is knowing that tomato is a fruit. Wisdom is knowing not to put it in a fruit salad. He knew that. With all that he had, all the talents that God had given him, how did that work out? Solomon was the epitome of the person who said, I have the hat, t-shirt, bumper sticker, and keychain. I did it all, had it all, experienced it all for me. His talent was for him and him alone at the end. And finally he realized, this has gotten me nowhere because it was all with me and I had forgotten God in the process. God gives us that talent and you can use it for whatever you want. That free will is a big, big ticket. Big ticket. You get to do whatever you want. And God said, you have, actions have consequences, but you go right ahead. Solomon did. He went right ahead. In the end, he realized where he was lost. He had nothing. It meant nothing without God. Luckily, he changed his ways. Another thought I had... The talents that we have, do we use them just enough? I, I used my talent, so basically I can check that box. I, I did it. I'm not going to do it tomorrow. I did it today. We're fine. It's a, I, I used the talent you gave me. Thanks. Easy to check a box. I've done it. So, I mean, I'm talking to myself when I say that. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll show up to that event. I'm not going to show up to the next one. Fine. Is that... If, if, if you were standing before God and said that, he'd go, oh, no, no, that's fine. <laughs> no biggie. You're good. You're good. I just killed my son for you. But you go right ahead. Do what you want to do, because, hey, why not? 
Not a good look. It wasn't a good look when I was doing it. And I looked in the mirror and I was like, wow, you're a horrible person. We're not horrible when we do that. The fact is, where is your heart? That is the big thing that we always have to consider. Where is our heart? What are we doing? How are we doing it? What are we thinking? God sees it all. And that's what makes me so crazy sometimes is I, I will talk myself into anything. And then that little voice that's the truth sits there and goes, really? That, you think that was a good idea, Russ? Was that a smart decision? Here are some hypothetical questions for us of just doing you know, the enough. Which is easier? Leading singing or sitting in the audience singing with the leader? Bowing your head to pray while someone's up here praying or in a classroom praying? Or going to a class, sending your kids to class as opposed to leading a class? It's always easier to be a spectator or participant as opposed to the host or the leader. Broaden your horizons, stretch your wings. You might find out you really like it. You might find out you're really good at it. I do it. I don't know if I'm really good at it. There's a difference. But you don't. But I believe. I believe uh, Stephen made the point. He says no one's a professional basketball player day one. You had to work up to it. You have to work towards it. You don't get to be. You don't get to be a PhD or a you know world-renowned neurosurgeon. By just reading a book real quick. It's something you have to work at. We all have to do that. If you have talent, you can make your talent even better than it is. Use your talents. I have many scenarios, you do too, that you can insert in the what if, which is easier. Not everyone is a singer. How many times have you seen me up here leading singing? You're welcome. I could probably get the job done. Someone is better than me. And if I was called because nobody else could, I would do it. And I would sit there the entire time going, God's hearing my heart, God's hearing my heart, God's hearing my heart. Because if he's hearing my voice, he's doing it like this. Extend yourself. Try. I can sit up here and I can talk, because you all know I have the gift of gab. I can chatter it away. Singing's not my thing, but doesn't mean I wouldn't give it a shot if I needed to. What do you guys want to do? What do you want to do? What would you be willing to do? What, what could you see yourself potentially doing? That's the question. Here's another one I have. What's the current age of retirement in the U.S. as far as the IRS is concerned where you can pull from your 401k without any, any issues or any uh, penalties? 65 day I'm looking forward to. Anyway, next question, what age do Christians get to sit back and relax and retire because they've done enough? Well, no, it doesn't exist. You know that. Not at all. That age isn't, our retirement home isn't on this earth, but I hear it's really nice. I want to be there. I have people I want to see there. I know you all have, somebody here has somebody that they would love to see. Again, I'm excited for that day. (laughs) So I have a story about my grandfather, for those who know him, Sam Harden, that I would love to share with you. 
back when he was in his end of days, he was on hospice, and I, the family rallied around him and my grandmother, and we stayed with them. We didn't put them in a home or anything. We stayed with them, and I had an evening shift. And he was weak, so we had to get him to the bathroom, get into the whatever. He, we had to take care of him. Well, three in the morning, we had a baby monitor next to him, and he would knock on the nightstand, and that's a cue to come get him. Forgot he was there. <laughs> and he, uh, he, he said, I need some help. I need to go to the, the restroom. I said, okay, well, I'm not sure who designed this house. But it went door, toilet, sink, bathtub. I helped him in and had to stay with him in the process in case he fell. But I was kind of a captive audience. And he took that moment. He was in his 80s. I wasn't as involved in the church at all. And three in the morning, on the can, me sitting on the bathtub side, and he says to me, I need to, need, to, need to talk to you about the importance of marrying the right woman. Well, I was listening since I had nowhere else I could go. And he said that would be the second greatest decision you've ever made. He wasn't wrong. That was 18 years ago? 18 years ago. I remember that vividly. He used his talents to preach. His grandson, like I wasn't prepared for this, His grandson was missing. I was right there, but I was missing from church. He had something he could tell me. Something he could say to hopefully prick my heart. Tell me, get get me back on some form of a path that I needed to be on. I didn't turn around right then and there, but you see where I am now. It helped. I loved him for it. I didn't feel that I was trapped. I was thankful that he cared enough about me that at three in the morning, while he had every opportunity, every reason, and everything he could have wanted to do was just, I'm just going to lay here and wait to go home and not say another word. He's done a lot. He had more work to do. And he did it. Talents that we have are vast and varied. Some people are really good at some things. Some are not. Make the card. Send somebody the note, a text, a call. Think about this. If Shakespeare was around right now, and he was going to send out, he's the one who sent out cards. Shakespeare's not feeling well. Shakespeare's pretty eloquent, I hear. He's kind of a big deal. He's not feeling well. He hurt his hand, can't write. The non-eloquent card that you send to uplift somebody or to support somebody is far better than the card he didn't send. Think about that. You make somebody make a call to somebody, say, "Hey, how's it going? We missed you. 
if nobody else called, that's all they got. And if you hadn't called, no one would have. You can be the difference. Again, let God worry about the details. There may be a job opportunity that we don't see currently being done, and it may not be if you don't do it, because you're the one thinking about it. Nobody else may be. Teaching a Bible class is extremely fulfilling. It really is, but it's not for everybody. We never have enough teachers, so give that a shot. Organizing events often end up being the same people, same people that show up to these events. This church has lots, lots of talent. Man, you guys are smart. You're a smart bunch. Good looking, too, I might add. One of our third phase that we're doing, we're trying to get out in the community. We want to get, that's our job, is to get out in the community, bring people to Jesus. We're looking at missions that we can do, things that people are passionate about, wanting to do. You may be, you know, maybe we could do blank, whatever blank is. Well, nobody else has thought of that, so present it, give it to us, let us see. Maybe there's a fire just waiting to happen. Don't be shy, speak up. I want to end the lesson, but I'm going to ask you to ask yourself, what am I invested in, and do I have something I can do to honor God that I'm not currently doing? I actually asked myself that question, and I'm mulling it over. What else, what else can I be doing? If we need prayers from your brothers and sisters to give you encouragement, if you need prayers from your brothers and sisters to get stuff out of your way so that you can use your talents. The devil loves throwing distractions out there. Keep us preoccupied with something else as opposed to the goal, the prize. If you want to be baptized, being a child of God, die to sin and arise in Christ. If you, haven't, if you have not been up there and seen people who come out of the water... That is a stupid level grin that I just want to take pictures of every time and blast out there. It is so amazing. You finished the race. The race is over. We won. You still got to run, but you know you won. That's the smile. I don't have to worry anymore. God's going to take care of me. That's what that smile is. If we can help you with any of those things, please come while we stand and sing.